I am excited to introduce Mr. Aman Giri, a 24-year-old student of Gender and Sexuality Studies at Ambedkar University, Delhi. He is also a queer activist in India, working towards creating safe spaces for the LGBT community. He is currently associated with Nazaria as a head coordinator and a proud advocate for queer rights and social justice. Nazaria is an intersectional LGBT straight alliance highlighting marginalized voices. They see queer experiences through an intersectional lens with an aim to envision a world where all LGBT people live with dignity, safety, and build a sense of collective identity, which in turn would help queer folks to cope with social stigma, discrimination, and school victimization based on sexual orientation. I would want to welcome Aman Giri. Aman, welcome to the platform. Yeah. So, uh, hi Aman, how are you? I am. I am good, Apurva. The weather is lovely today. So, yeah, it's it's also lifted up my mood. Amazing, amazing. So, I think we're both enjoying the weather together today. <laughs> and uh, as we have this communication, I'm hoping that the weather outside in the minds of the people also gets better. So, Aman, today the first question that I want to ask you is that uh, since LGBTQIA community is a key, you know, key social group that faces systemic exclusion. And uh, this is from services such as healthcare, occupation, and even housing in India. Uh, there is still no written account of it. Have you ever faced such challenges or come across any stories from the community about the same? Yeah, so... There is there there systemic uh, discrimination and systemic exclusion does exist, and many lesbian, gay, bi, trans, intersex, and queer people they report to dealings uh, surprisingly like like well with you know systemic discrimination, and um, also they also experience um, uh, you know. Um, the mental health condition, you know, they have to, uh, uh, because there are experiences, uh, you know, with discrimination and stigmatization, which can lead to a, you know, higher likelihood of emotional distress, uh, depression and anxiety. So uh, people can often feel very pressured to fit in with society's conventional ideas of being a male or female. So those who don't fit this mold can be subjected to uh, ridicule, intim intimidation, or and even like physical abuse. So um, even though you know uh, this this uh, uh, the decriminalization of three seven seven, there is an increasing like acceptance of the queer community, the LGBTQ plus people in society. There's I agree there's greater visibility in the media and public life, but we still, we still, the, the queer people still experience discrimination, harassment, violence at work, school, and in other social situations. And it can take different, these, these, these kinds of discrimination, it can take different forms. So, you know, there are like obvious acts of prejudice and discrimination. So, you know, someone who is open about being uh, being transgender, they would be refused employment or promotion. Uh, so, and the, the these kind of uh, the discrimination can be also like more subtle, but no less harmful. Like you know, which uh, discrimination which would like reinforce negative stereotypes and feelings uh, of difference. 
as you very rightly said the people have been facing issues in housing people have been facing issues when you know they try to get the basic health care where trans people go in uh, to get basic health care and then they're scrutinized in their in those places and that is what we're working towards as a community to get aside my next question to you is also kind of related to something that you mentioned about the 377 uh, i wanted to ask you how has the abolition of article 377 changed the landscape of queer communities in india or has it at all changed anything do you think this this getting media presence more has been a bright light for the queer community or has it brought the queer community down yeah so to answer that question um you know uh i can very well talk about life after 377 because that was the time when i uh, came out to my friends came out to my family so um so so there have i i i i saw that there were uh, hopes and uh, apprehensions for the future uh, when um, you know on september 6 uh, the five member bench of the supreme court um, ruled uh, the section 377 of the ipc um, you know that that applies to um, consenting adults um, and uh, it also sort of it it was decriminalized on the basis that you know it uh, violated india's constitutional morality and it has this this landmark judgment has not only affected the lives of millions of lgbtq plus people but also uh, reserved an earlier ruling that had you know that had criminalized the community you know five years ago uh, like on uh, on december i think 2013 when uh, they had uh, they had uh, you know uh, Turned, yeah, they had turned uh, uh, LGBTQ plus people into 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 criminals. Coming out as uh, LGBTQ plus is never easy, even in societies. I would say that are supportive and protective of the community's rights. And this process begins. I I keep telling um, uh, people when I'm taking workshops and when I'm taking like. Uh, uh going live i keep telling them that this process would begin by you know accepting oneself you know followed by when you assert that identity to the world so you know this judicial reform may create an uh it may create an enabling platform for us to come out but the social realities they don't necessarily change so so we have to the battle is still not won so um uh we have to fight this battle inside our drawing rooms classrooms meeting rooms and ev even every day of our lives so um uh you know uh, will someone you know who hasn't been able to express their sexuality for say 10 years they won't be able to overcome this taboo overnight it's like a it's a process and um, it's a battle also it's a process so uh i think uh, uh you know activists like me they are uh helping out people to uh, you know um uh, to help people make that take that make that right decision and um, also not put themselves in a situation like marriage for the sake of you know social cover up so people i've seen people saying that you know i come from i come from an orthodox muslim family and they will never accept me for for who i am 
so uh, i mean uh, and and they, and they they see it you know as like they see it as a threat to their life but they still choose to come out so they don't really they don't really care what society would would think uh, about them so i would say yes uh, uh, legally this thing has been uh, uh, decriminalized but there is a lot of you know changes that has to happen in society and we have to as activists we have to take this charge to you know spread awareness and fight fight against uh, homosexuality i completely agree with you so as you said that you know this might have given us certain rights uh the access is still missing right and do you think this continuous fight has been a big question mark on the dignity and the pride of the queer people do you think this has brought them down mentally emotionally uh in terms of you know accepting them their own selves their own realities do you think that has happened um yes yes uh, there's also um uh, they have internalized all of these uh, uh negative comments from people and then they always keep questioning themselves uh, there's you know uh, i call it self sabotaging acts and behavior where they are constantly criticizing themselves that why are they like this why like why what they made like this and why are they different so there is a lot of internalization i, I mean I, 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 and and also a lot of insecurities that why only me like why why am i the only person you know uh, because you know uh, it's a, it's very it's very difficult you know I'll, i'll talk from my own personal experience when i go out when i'm going out um, anywhere uh, i mean i'm traveling in the public uh, buses public transport when i take the metros because of my um um soft spoken nature because of my because of the outfit i'm i wear i am always stared upon ogled i'm always ogled at and i hate when people stare at me so i always i always uh, uh i always think to myself i always say this to myself that why why are these people staring at me there are like there are like hundreds thousands of other people on the streets or there are Uh, uh, like others also traveling with me but why is why am i why am i getting this uncomfortable gaze like why are why are other people not stared upon so this thing you know this feeling that am i different am i uh, being um, am i like i i i i keep i keep checking myself i i look myself in the like i would open my you know i would open my um phone camera i would look at myself I, i would and i would be like is there something wrong with my face is you know why are they why are they constantly looking at me you know is there something wrong and why is this happening to me you know i haven't like i i i'm just standing i'm just reading my book i'm just you know i'm i'm not doing i'm not even making any 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 kind of gestures like why why are they like giggling why are they you know uh, what are they talking about me so there's always this this uh, uh, i would not say curiosity but i would also there's always always i'm full of rage sometimes i go i confront i fight but i can't fight with everybody like it's i it gets also mentally also it's uh, very um it, it's it's uh, it, 
it's very exhausting. It's very, uh, uh, it's very also, it's, I, I am always in a very embarrassing situation when all of these things happen to me. So it's like my personal experience that, you know, other like straight people would not face this kind of, a, you know, uh, they would not have this, this kind of a gaze upon them. Right. So this is a problem that you feel on a personal level. So I'm sure there's also a personal message that you would want to give out to our youth, what they should do or what they shouldn't be doing. So what would that one basic message to the youth be if you have to sum it up in a line? What is the singular message that you want the youth to have at the moment? Yeah, so one message which I, this is like, I say this every time when I'm uh, on uh, on any kind of a discussion that, you know, you have to be first, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Why I say this? Because, you know, when you're comfortable in your own skin, no matter what flaws or insecurities you have, you know that these don't define you, but rather you're defined by these. You have to make them your strengths. You know, rather than seeing them as your weaknesses, you have to accept who you are. Uh, both, you know, and these are not, I'm not saying that these are undesirable traits or undesirable parts. You have to make them, you know, they have, you have to make them your strengths. Like, you know, uh, for example, when I talk of myself, like I, uh, when I'm going out, I apply makeup. So if I keep thinking, if I keep thinking, oh, this is for girls. And, you know, when I do this, I'm sort of, you know, uh, like I'm not like, you know, people won't like it or, or I may, but I make it my strength. I'm always like, you know, when I apply this makeup, I look beautiful. I look glamorous. I'm able to, you know, attract people. So, you know, I've made it my strength. So I have to be, you have to be, I, this is one message that I always, um, I, I always tell this to people that you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to keep, keep uh, shaming yourself, keep shaming yourself for who you are. You know, there are people who are, I'm, I'm I, I am the one who keeps, uh, I have also, you know, I have body uh, dysmorphia. So I don't like my, um, sometimes I, I'm, I'm very, um, I get very irritated by my body because I'm very, I'm very skinny. But I keep, I keep, you know, uh, I keep try to think that how I can make this my strength. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I can, I have, I have the height, I'm not plump. So, you know, you have to be uh, this one message that you know you don't feel comfortable in your skin. You have to accept who you truly are, and seeing your make them, you know, make you know things or traits that you see as your weaknesses. Make them your make, make like try to learn to embrace it, and work on personal growth as needed. That looks like a beautiful message to me. I think this is something that is going to help people from the community to accept themselves. Talking of acceptance, I would also want to ask you a question. That uh, since we just came out of a pand pandemic era and uh, every citizen of India was sitting at their houses and you know there was no other place to go and give out outlets, and uh, I would just want to ask you a question as to how do you say that the, this has affected the community uh, at large and how would you say the queer community has been impact, impacted majorly by this? 
Apurva, can you repeat the question? Sure, sure. So I completely resonate with the whole idea of accepting yourself in your own skin and embracing who you are. And I think that's a beautiful message to give out. You talked a lot about going out and uh, how people have faced discrimination when they went out of their household spheres. But is there any way or do you feel that, uh, you know, people have been impacted by how things have been happening in their own family? Like we just got out of the pandemic era. The pandemic has just taken a great toll on every citizen of India. How would you say that the community has been impacted by this? Yeah, yeah. So there has been... Um, uh, the it, you know there has been very little data on how the uh, the covid pandemic has impacted the lives of uh, lgbt people but uh, you know largely the large share of the lgbt adults compared to the non lgbt they report that they were you know this they were people who had experienced job loss so there was this economic thing you know they were having you know uh, they were in financial crisis, then the mental health. So a lot of organizations, they had started free uh, psychotherapy. Uh, so, you know, um, because there was this minority stress, the pandemic has, you know, had created a negative impact on their mental health. Uh, then the vaccine was another problem, you know, uh, while, you know, as you very rightly talk of the identification. So they had to like trans people faced a lot of um, uh, problem with the with getting the vaccine. And while LGBT people report wanting to get vaccinated at a similar pace as non-LGBT people. So a greater share of the LGBT adults see, uh, you know, that they were uh, that that process got delayed because, you know, because of this identity thing, you know, the, the showing of the identity card. So, but there has been very, very limited data available on how, what, uh, but yeah, ma majorly, I would say the economic part and the mental health part was the, uh, were, were the two areas where uh, they uh, suffered the most, like the, the, co the you know, the, the job loss, the, the, there, there were higher rates, you know, LGBT people had higher rates than the non-LGBT uh, non adults. Okay. What kind of negative impact, since you just talked about negative impact, I, I was just curious as to what kind of negative impact are you talking about here, like on the mental health? What are the mental health challenges in particular, if you know any, faced by the queer people? So there was this, uh, uh, so there were like health issues, there were, uh, uh, you know, mental health, there were mental health issues where, uh, um, you know, not showing up for work. So personally, this, I faced it, you know, I would not show up for my classes. So we were having online classes and I, uh, because I was, there were like, I, I was doing um, courses on gender. So we would always talk about, you know, um, uh, the queer people. So I can't do it. I can't do those classes when my family is at home. So I had to, I, 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 could not show up for my classes so mental health also is something which is which can be ignored part of being healthy when we talk about health mental health is something which we tend to ignore and you know having a bad mental health day can impact a lot you know you know make it makes you 
it you know making it harder you know to get things done and it is also it could be very simple as not running an errand or uh, it can also be uh, like i in my case it was like not showing up for my classes so uh, we are uh, more you know we individuals we queer individuals are more likely to experience uh, um a mental illness i would say such as you know anxiety and depression like i was uh, for some time i was also like depressed and i was also on medication so um so that's how uh, i say that there is no single answer uh, there no there's no single answer to to this question but yeah uh, someone's identity can you know i would say that you know someone's identity does affect the mental health and we need to be able to live as you know we need to be able to live as we identify and be loved as we are and uh, when we have you know our even even sometimes our identity you know some it creates uh, we experience stress and there is like very low self esteem and when we are unable to accept our identity and see ourselves as we should we should actually allow us to feel more confident about who we are and uh and other people also should be should be respectful of people who um who identify as uh, lgbtq plus so uh i think you gave us a very nice insight into that i just have a uh another question that i would i was speaking myself into to ask the community plays an integral role in raising their voices and uh, there have been multiple we have seen it through multiple pride parades and uh, uh, all kinds of protests i remember protests during 377 and the uh, you know the historical judgment and how people were lined outside the court for the final answer and the final judgment to come out and such protests have been occurring for a very long time now so my question is who do you believe are the stakeholders in a situation where the progress of uh, the whole idea of protest has been so slow and you know who's uh, who should be enabling the change and who is not being enough participative in this uh these we organizations we activists we are the stakeholders and we have to take this responsibility upon our shoulders to uh you know um to sensitize uh and to also um address these issues i mm. want to know what do you think that in these protests uh protests is the final message one question is that what is the final message of that you think uh goes out in these protests the second question that i want to ask you is how do you think are uh these protests this protest actually helping in bringing the change or bringing the sensitization that you were talking about earlier and do you think that there are other ways to which you know uh people can bring in that sensitization and you know anything else that you think in these protests that can happen that can bring in that sensitization we have a very limited culture you know india has a very limited culture for uh, lgbtqi people due to the the widespread stigma which stems from colonialism so um but the media representation have been uh, improving in recent years so there has been and especially you know in terms of the uh, representation of the transgender people there has been uh, yeah the so the it has you know the media representation have improved um 
but same sex marriage is also uh, one thing that are not legally recognized in india they are not offered limited rights such as the you know the civic the civil union or a domestic partnership and um, yeah so the legal recognition uh, to a same sex marriage is still not uh, there and um, um and i think tracing this to uh, like 25 years uh, like in 1992 there was a fight for lgbtq rights in india uh, outside the you know the police headquarters in ito so that was i think the first known protest for gay rights in india uh, that that is what i remember and um, and i think we are you know uh, when we do these uh, when we do when we go for these protests you know, there are these slogans you know pride is for everyone we are coming out let's you know we are like out and proud born this way so these are some of the you know so some of the uh, some of the quotes and slogans we always you know uh, uh, we always shout these slogans so um, so i think we have um, it has uh, you know um, it has gained momentum and um yeah so i mean um, when i look back in the history i mean that was the 1991 was the time when it was uh, it happened for the first time and uh, you know it has also waged an inspirational struggle on on multiple grounds so rainbow rainbow flags you know uh, like uh, during the month of june you know it 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 is sort of you know marking the the pride month every year and um, we always we always get reminded of the stonewall riots which happened on the night of june and uh, i mean it it always you know when i uh, think about it you know it, it it i mean i like the stonewall protest also wasn't an isolated one off incident the uh, the 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 you know the the law of the of that time you know it like it for, forbade men to dress up or act as women so the that was the reason why the police also cracked down severely on gay clubs and you know and the members of the uh, transgender uh, communities especially around you know the time of the elections so aman i just wanted to know a one line message that you would want to give out and you know when you've been talking about all the rights is there something specific that comes to your head uh yeah so uh, so the discussion of rights needs to be uh, it needs to be speak and the idea of the pride parade is not just celebration we're not just celebrating but it's also the sensitization for everyone who witnesses the pride to understand that you know that what we are looking for is equality and equality is for everyone like i keep saying this to people that you know equality is um, is for everyone and it's not just reserved for certain sections of the people you know equality itself you know it means that you know you're ensuring that every individual has an equal opportunity to make the most of their lives and talents so it is also you know when we say that nazaria is also uh, we we advocate for social justice we make sure that you know no one should you know no one should have poorer life chances because of the way they are born or the 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 place they come from or what they believe or whether they have a disability so they should have you know every 
um, equality simply means everyone is treated the exact same way, uh, regardless of, uh, you know, need or any other individual difference. And uh, we also, at the same time, focus on equity, you know, that, you know, everyone is provided with whatever they need to succeed. So I think equity also becomes very important. It becomes more important than equality, that there should be equity. Wow, I, uh, I completely resonate with your message of we are being a celebration of equity and equality. And I hope with, our, with this, I conclude our podcast. And I hope that when somebody listens to, to us having a conversation about the kind of problems, the kind of issues faced by the community, people also kind of get sensitized towards what their beliefs are, how they should check those, and what are the you know, acceptances the whole uh, community as, uh, you know, community as a whole is looking at at the moment. Thank you so much, Aman, for giving us your time and being here with us. It was a very, very fruitful communication with you. We would love to, you know, know more about you and the kind of causes that you guys work on. And I'm really proud of you for being a part of Nazaria for such a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Apurva and Shrishti, for making this possible. We're always glad to have you here, Aman. Thank you so much.